Bachelor Nation. Welcome to episode 9 of It's All in the Roses, a podcast where two astrology enthusiasts break down all the loving, fighting, and rose-giving of the franchise. This week, we're doing an astrological deep dive on the villains of Bachelor Nation. I'm Susie. And I'm Kristen, and it's time to look toward the stars. Welcome back to It's All in the Roses. What are we Woo. usually Woo. Yeah. <laughs> It's been a while. It has been a while now that we're on this bi-monthly schedule. Um, I really look forward to this time. It's like catch-up time with KP, but also catch-up time with Batch Nation. So yeah. before we get started with anything, just our quick... Uh, social media plugs you can follow us on twitter at it's all roses on instagram at it's all in the roses and you can email us our email is it's all in the roses at gmail.com we say this every episode Kristen and i are not astrology experts we are mere enthusiasts so the book we often reference throughout our episodes is called the only astrology book you'll ever need by Joanna Martine Woolfolk. We highly recommend it. And any readings we do on Bachelor Nation people are based on their sun signs, unless otherwise stated. KP, what is your Virgo move of the week? So, Virgos have an independent streak. And I think I've always been that way. I don't know what spurred this on, but I've been in a self-reflective mood lately. And even as a kid, I can remember just like, being fine with doing my own thing and like going off and reading a book at recess or something. Yeah, I was that little nerd in elementary school. <laughs> but <laughs> more on a more recent level, I have been looking ahead and trying to plan things to look forward to now that I'm in a more traditional job setting and schedule and doing things on my own that I think only I would appreciate rather than dragging a friend who's maybe only half invested in whatever the thing is, is always something I've done. So recently I went to an event with an author who I've grown up reading and loving and that was really rewarding. So I'm just looking for more opportunities to just do my own thing and be a little independent. Oh, that is so cool. I support that. And I think now as you transition into this city work lifestyle is definitely the time to do it and i love that you went to that event i saw it on insta yes it was a good time and um how has your ahead. week been as a gemini oh um, that came out weird <laughs> go ahead, again. <laughs> gemini um my week's been pretty good yeah i my gem move of the week i guess is also kind of work related so over the past couple of months i've been planning um, probably one of the bigger trips that or bigger events that we have in the fall, which is a college bus trip. So the kids and I on Monday went up to the Albany area and there were many levels to planning this that uh, I saw like a lot of gem things hidden in. On the one hand, I think gems love to plan things and like be very particular like in general about like vibe setting and the mood and everything mm -hmm. and flow. And I very much relate with that and like see myself in that aspect of it. But with this, it was like a lot of 
organization with so many different parties that I had to deal with a lot of things gems hate being the two biggest being lack of communication and lots of waiting mm -hmm. so it was just really hard to be like the pinpoint the point person for this trip and not hear back from a school or not hear back from one of our donors or I didn't know which kids were for sure going to show up on the day and then tons of waiting day of um we started off uh, we were like running late in the morning and it kind of threw off the rest of the day, but I like took it with ease I was like, okay, there's nothing I can do about it now And it ended up being really successful and I'm super happy about it and I think I'm gonna get a lot of praise for it So <laughs> Having a pretty good week <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it seemed to go by smoothly It was cute. Yeah, even though we ran late like um, Chris and I went to school in the Albany area. So Mm -hmm. when I planned this I was like able to pull a couple of strings so I don't think it was like that horrible that like we were late and stuff just because like everyone was kind of doing us favors so it was okay yeah yeah and shout out to all the professors Susie didn't get to see oh I didn't see a <laughs> single one Kristen did they have class yes when we walked by Kiernan Hall everyone was in a classroom but I also couldn't see the professor the like I Aww. just saw all the kids but I could not angle myself where I saw um, a Aww. teacher so that makes so me sad. sad I couldn't sneak away <laughs> oh oh well maybe next um, time <laughs> speaking of like sightings though who this segue mm -hmm. good we're gonna segue. segue into Bachelor Nation broadcast our first um piece of news here is very unique to this podcast very unique to Kristen and I and like our friend zone breaking news one of our mutual friends Alana who yeah I grew up with but we both went we all went to the same college has run into um Tyler what is Tyler's last name I just blanked Cameron on it. Cameron weird yes. Ugh, never trust a man with two first names <laughs> true um has run into Tyler Cameron twice so Alana works for a big media company in the city and Tyler was visiting her workplace, citing one. Of course, she sent us a picture. Kristen and I freaked <laughs> out over it. And then um, uh, that, that same week, but over the weekend, she was out and she sends me a Snapchat at like four in the morning and it's like, ran into Tyler again. We had a 45 minute convo about like what? all this stuff. And I didn't know it was 45 like, minutes. It, it was lengthy. It may have not been, I was, I want to say it was at least 30 minutes. Maybe. Oh my gosh. It was like more than like, Hey, what's up? Like they talked about something. Yeah. He recognized her, right? I don't know if he rec. I feel like she probably went up to him or maybe he like, recognize the group i'm not sure what the details were of this outing mm. isn't that insane thing, though i don't know if it was a work thing i feel like oh, it okay. wasn't i want to say it wasn't yeah and just they the just fact like that she's able to have this lengthy conversation with him out in public in new york where he was hosting runs that attracted all of those people that's still crazy to me I know it's literally insane like i feel like that happens with him a lot though you think he's like, you'll never see him. He's this big, elusive guy, but then he'll be at work or at a random bar like 24-year-olds would go to, you know? Because he is, is he like 25? 
He's 25 or 26. Oh my god. He's yeah. just like out of this world. How do you look like that? Um, and then to close off this whole our friend Alana and Bachelor sightings, she actually ran into Christian a couple of weeks ago. It was more um, like a month ago, wasn't it? Maybe Paradise a month ago. On? Yes. I think it might have been fairly recent um, after he was like kicked off. Yeah. Um, but they were both at a Yankee game. And then after the Yankee game, like, if you're from New York, there's, like, just a bunch of different bars around the stadium. And some of them are, like, pregame bars. And some of them are post bars. So I guess they were at one of the post bars. And she ran into him. And she told me that they talked for a little bit. She brought up the pinata. But just, like, wow. Wow. Crazy. I know. And then, again, on the sighting front, and even more absurd sighting <laughs> and circumstances involved my friend's sister was in nashville for another friend's birthday this weekend and they were at oktoberfest in nashville which i guess is a big deal in the city and she ran into wells there and he was there with his fiance sarah highland and i think from what i heard of the story it was a very like fleeting moment where they were kind of like confirming that it was him. And right as she tried to get a picture, he was leaving. So she didn't, Aww. but it was just kind of like, well, does it even live in Nashville now? So to be in Nashville when you're not from Nashville and run into him is just so, Oh yeah. Like fates aligning, aligning. 100%. That is so crazy. I didn't even think of that, but yeah, we love sightings. Hopefully we'll have like a sighting someday. I, like, I know you've seen Bachelor people, but... Yeah, that was an informal setting, though. Yeah, exactly. Although I kind of preferred the professional setting, because it was like, I can actually have a conversation with them. Um, yeah, I guess that's cool. But it's also fun in, like, informal things. That's true. Trying to pull the conversation out of them, you know? Yeah. It's like, you gotta, you gotta be on your toes, you gotta be creative. Mm-hmm. Throw them something they haven't gotten before. Mm, but yeah. True. Um, so we won't be having any more Tyler and Gigi Hadid sightings because <laughs> they have split. Dun, dun, dun. Um, it's official. They're officially split. According to this e-online article, quote, they broke up a few weeks ago. The relationship was moving quickly and was too much for both of them. Split was amicable. They're still friendly. They will definitely hang out again, but have decided to slow things down romantically. Um, I don't think this is a shocker. No. Uh, They're all doing their thing. I mean, Gigi's hitting up all the fashion weeks abroad. Tyler's got that Tribeca apartment. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's like still very much finding his way, I feel like. Like, are you doing... Uh, restaurant tours are you running what what are is you happening are you mo- exactly tyler and Gigi are an aquarius tourist pair so our book says that uh, neither are likely to approve of the other in this pairing a taurus is very conservative and careful while an aquarius is more unconventional and vivacious we've talked about this before rachel and brian are an aquarius oh, i knew pair. I know this pairing looked familiar. That's yeah. Funny. Yeah. So it can work, but I feel like they're also really young. Gigi's younger than us, I think. I think she's 23. Yes, I believe so. So, you know, it's a busy time, early 20s, especially when you happen to be an international supermodel. So I get it. <laughs> I don't, but I get it. 
Next, we have some Rachel Raven Colton drama. Um, so apparently on Andy Cohen, Rachel addressed a feud that she has going on with Raven. Um, quote, it was enough for me to not want to be friends with her anymore. So when Rachel and Brian got married last month, I think it was pretty noticeable that Raven was missing from mm -hmm. all of the pictures and like the party in general and her bridal party because they were so close during their season and had developed their friendship afterwards. There's no word on what exactly the beef is between Rachel and Raven, but that didn't stop Colton from sliding in to this whole feud with an Instagram comment. And he said, shocker, Rachel mad at another person. Does she like anyone? I'm not weighing in on the Rachel Raven drama. I could care less about that. It's none of my business. What is my business is the countless number of times she's spoken poorly of me, including that time she ran her mouth about me to Cassie. Funny thing is, I have never met her before. Interesting. I'm more likely to side with Rachel in this situation just because I feel like she's proven that she knows what she's doing when she says things. And then again, I feel like Colton also knows how to express himself well. But in this case, I feel like it was just like him maybe being bitter that he hasn't charmed her. Um, I think it's also a matter of how people come off to one another. So Rachel yeah. is at Taurus and I think Taurus is like are known for their tempers, right? Like their tempers yeah. spurring up every once in a while. And I feel like as classy and like well put together Rachel is like sometimes you can get like little hints of it, you know? And That's I feel true. like that may have been where Colton hyper focused because it was perhaps critical towards him. So I think that's kind of where this whole thing is spurned from, you know? Yeah. Because Rachel, like you said, Rachel knows what she's doing. She knows what she says. And that comes off very strong. Mm -hmm. So I think that just might be why Colton was all in his feels about this. Colton is an Aquarius. So again, here we have that <laughs> Aquarius-Taurus pairing where neither one is likely to... Um, like or approve of the other and that very much manifests itself here so i'm happy to see that we're finally seeing like a textbook version of this pairing there you go rachel and brian are the exception true oh, the exception um so next we just briefly want to talk about um a profile done on hannah brown in a profile done on Hannah Brown by Marie Claire, which is just like incredibly written. Like it's so beautiful. And when Kristen sent it to me, I was like, Oh, this is like kind of long. Like maybe I'll skim it. But I like found that I actually read the whole thing. Um, and it's just really Hannah talking about what's happened to her on the bachelor, the bachelorette post and like how she is digesting all of this and how she'll be moving forward with it. Um, and I think this is just such another example of Hannah being so real. Like, she's so raw. Yes. And I can't remember a post-Bachelorette momentum like this one. I feel like mm. by now on a typical Bachelorette,
bachelorette year, everything has kind of settled by October. But I think especially because of the way she handled the end of her season and now that she's on Dancing with the Stars, she's just only getting more recognition and more time in the spotlight. And she deserves it. And I think she's doing so well with her platform. And again, like Susie said, the article is on the longer side, but it's truly incredible. I have a journalism background and I know when a profile is really great, when I instantly check the name of the writer after reading it, and it happened here. So I definitely recommend it. Yeah, it's absolutely fantastic. Loved it. And we'll link it in the show notes and everything. Um, and then lastly, our LOL of Bachelor Nation. <laughs> um, Pilot Pete was hospitalized <laughs> while filming his season of The Bachelor. Apparently he was playing golf in Costa Rica. <laughs> stepped on the cart and fell on cocktail two cocktail glasses he was holding they cut his face he reportedly had to get 22 stitches but apparently everything is good he is well and people were just blowing up this whole incident but uh kudos to pete for double fisting the cocktail <laughs> i love that he was definitely playing golf with Chris Harrison. <laughs> you know he 100%. was. One hundred percent. So yeah, that's. I feel like such a Pete thing to happen. Yeah, very much so. He's like such a oh, Pete. I know. <laughs> All right, so that's it for Bachelor Nation broadcast. Now we're going to move on to our topic of this episode: Bachelor villains. <laughs> You started kissing all your friends Kiss, kiss So going into our main topic this week, we've decided to follow the format of our last episode with the married couples of Bachelor Nation and take an astrological look at some of the villains from Bachelor Nation. This was actually a suggestion from our listener, Maddie. So thank you for all the support, Whoa, Maddie, and always you, Maddie. engaging in our social media posts. Not many people do, so <laughs> thank <laughs> you for that. We have a couple of villains from all over Bachelor Nation. And we picked these particular people to have a good mix of villains from a range of years because we've all had enough of Luke P. We don't need to focus on mm -hmm. him again for a little while. And because this group demonstrates what I think is a range of personalities commonly labeled as the villain on the franchise, but not necessarily evil on its own. So in this discussion, we'll talk about the differences in the responses to male and female villains the change of attitude towards them as society has changed, and why audiences should always be a little careful of the villain edit. <laughs> True. And obviously there are tons more people we could have talked about here, but we could go on forever if we didn't limit ourselves. But before we get into the nitty-gritty, just do yourself a favor and treat yourself to a clip of Bachelorette Emily Maynard going, as she put it, West Virginia hood rat on her season's early villain. Um, so Kristen is our all-knowing batch person. I, again, am still kind of a noob. So similarly to last episode, Kristen made me this really dope YouTube playlist that had a bunch of the clips of, let's say, the older villains. Um, I watched through them. So again, I'll be doing like a lot of first impressions and takes on what I have seen through that. And I will link the playlist in the show notes. Cool. 
So we're starting with our first villain, a recent villain. Chad Johnson from season 13 of The Bachelorette. That's JoJo's season. And Chad is a Leo. Yes. So you might remember Chad for essentially being, I would say, the most aggressive and memorable villain of recent years. Probably more aggressive than Luke P ever was. So I think he's definitely kind of has the label of biggest villain so far. Mm. Firstly, he called out the ridiculousness of the Bachelor format, automatically assuming each contestant immediately developed feelings for the lead during a group date when they had to fake propose to JoJo. He kind of refused to do that because I think it was only week two and he made the valid point that he does not know anything about JoJo yet and he doesn't know what he would say. But things kind of just went downhill from there. That's the thing with Chad. Like, I get that he's a villain. I don't like him. But sometimes he says real things. Like, he brings the realness. Like, this is weird. I'm not doing that. That's true. I do see not a wise side of Chad, but I see a slightly reasonable (laughs) side of Chad sometimes. Yes, sometimes. (laughs) So, the running gag of JoJo season was also that Chad was a literal meathead. You never saw contestants eat on the show until Chad was seen with plates of meat just around the mansion. And he obviously rubbed guys the wrong way. And his aggressive approach particularly bothered Evan Bass, later of Mm. Paradise fame. But during a stand-up comedy group date, Evan tried to clap back at Chad, kind of implying that he used steroids. And in the aftermath of that date, Chad kind of shoved him around a few times, definitely threatening some physical violence. And he was ultimately sent home on a two-on-one date when the other man on the date, Alex, confronted him about his actions in front of JoJo. That isn't where it ended. After he was eliminated, Chad showed up at the guy's home that they were staying at this week, kind of just to get in the last word, really. He also threatened the winner of that season, Jordan Rogers, right before he went home. And... The big thing to remember about Chad's actions is that he lost his mom soon before filming. So that was definitely Mm. speculated as a major influence in his attitude. But as he later appeared on Paradise that year, Nick Vile made the valid point that he knows a bunch of his parents (coughs) have died and they're not assholes. So, you know, that's really no excuse for extreme behavior like that. And his time on Paradise Season 3 also didn't last very long. He had kind of a intense makeout with the contestant Lace. They were both a little tipsy at that point. And in addition to some concerning behavior there, he called another woman an unflattering name. And because of his attitude, he was asked to leave very early in the season. And you might remember his exit as when, as the time that he basically clouch back at Chris Harrison for drinking mimosas in his hotel room while the rest of them are on the beach sweating. And as Chris Harrison (laughs) told Glamour when Chad's exit on Paradise aired, uh, he said, I didn't think he was going to hurt anybody, though he threatens violence and his horrible things. But he was taking away from everybody's, everybody's chance to make Paradise work. Paradise is very simple. You come in here to find love, and it either works or it doesn't. When Chad was there, he was just a black cloud hanging over everything. 
He had been really verbally abusive to some of the staff, to some of our crew, other people. Damn. See, that's the thing with Chad, and that's what I think makes him the quintessential batch villain or or the batch villain of modern times. Mm -hmm. Um, He is very much like it's me versus the world. He picked a fight with anyone and everyone, and it's just like i feel like on on the bachelor and the bachelorette we see a lot of like verbal fighting but i feel like for me this was one and i was aware of chad like real time when this season was happening and it was like the first time i was seeing like threats of violence like this on Mm -hmm. batch or the bachelorette um i don't think anything ever came of them but it was terrifying like in those clips particularly (laughs) Uh, his attitudes towards Evan. I was like, yeah. you could be, that man, Chad could snap Evan with one hand. And I don't know, he, he was, it's just very unsettling. Yeah, I think it was obviously a case, him just having a lot of internal stuff that he hadn't sorted out yet, both with his big family change. And obviously, if you're threatening violence against Evan, who is this little tiny thing, Mm -hmm. something's up with your mind to make you want to lash out that way and like you said i feel like people kind of interpreted him for laughs at the time or at least like really like the kind of intrigue that reality tv is supposed to create but i think if this had aired only a year later after when it first broke out i think it would have hit you know luke p level headlines and it would have been taken a lot more seriously in the media I agree. Yeah, that was like right when that whole shift was starting. Mm-hmm. <sighs> and well, go ahead. Okay. So astrologically, Chad is a Leo. Um, Leos tend to have a great flair for drama and an instinct for getting attention. I think that is very fitting with all of the antics Chad pulled and all of everything he tried to incite on his season. A Leo, if injured, they strike back quickly. Um, they refuse to be hampered by petty rules, and they can be bombastic and overbearing. Um, Chad is very much textbook Leo in these terms. Yeah, yeah I mm-hmm. know Leos, and I've always seen them more in the aspect of the sign loving the spotlight and loving attention i've never seen a leo in the way that chad is a leo in kind of that very aggressive almost dangerous sense of wanting attention but i can see Mm -hmm. how it can so easily fluctuate to that level right yeah teeter on that fine line Mm -hmm. i don't know and chad also did several reality show appearances after going through bachelor nation he appeared on famously single Celebrity Big Brother UK, and X on the Beach. (laughs) Interesting. And this upset me the most. I don't know, just because it's Chad. But he did a recent event at, I believe it was a bar, with Old McDonald's. I really just can't even picture the... I can see them together, I suppose, because they have, like, similar physiques. But, like, what did they talk about? I can't picture them. It was kind of a, I saw clips on Matt's Instagram stories, but it was kind of just like a bar setting, like very crowded and chaotic, like not really 
them having to interact for the event. You know, they do like public oh, okay. appearances. I think it was along those lines. Interesting, Matt. We were rooting for you. <laughs> we were all rooting for you. <laughs> How dare you? Uh, so there's Chad. And moving now, on. moving on to an old school pick, so old school that I didn't even watch this season, but I've what? heard of this man through various clip shows and montages. Oh, wow. Yeah, this is before, from before when I watched. Oh my god, shocker. <laughs> um, this is Wes Hayden from season five of The Bachelorette, that's Jillian's season, and Wes is a Sagittarius. So apparently, Wes made it to the final four of this season, of Jillian's season, with a girlfriend. Um, and despite other men warning Jillian about Wes and this girlfriend, I don't know, he made it to the final four. Kristen, when I was watching these clips of him, I, I was, like, falling in love. <laughs> he's like handsome he has the accent I kind of really I, I think he's kind of weird looking in the post I thought he was really weird looking but I don't know like <laughs> I don't know <laughs> I thought he was handsome I'm he's surprised that's like not your type dude I don't know what's happening to me <laughs> <laughs> I don't uh, well again guys we're linking the playlist so you can go and uh, see what Wes looked like during his season i don't know it might have been just the whole package of like he was saying all the right words he's like a musician he had the accent i was loving it and i was literally about to text you like Kristen, i don't get it i'm falling in love with wes when i saw the video of him in the limo after he was eliminated and essentially everyone wes was saying to the camera like oh this is the first time in bachelorette history that a man has made it to the final four with a girlfriend like outside of the show and he essentially was like you know i was here like solely to promote my music like i'm gonna be touring all over the place i'm gonna go out partying tonight like blah 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 my acting ends here and i was like what the heck that was wild yeah and i think especially that early in the show it was really the first time that you saw you know, right. the country singer come on for fame. Now it's kind of like a trope. You see singer-songwriter, yeah. you see country singer, you're like, okay, keep an eye on that guy. But he was really the first of his kind on that the show. That is true. Interesting. I don't know, man. And during the Bachelorette reunion special from earlier this year, they did a package on some of the most memorable villains. Wes appeared in it. He has basically turned into Bradley Cooper in A Star is Born. And he didn't really seem to show much regret for his actions. Not at all. I honestly, in that um, reunion clip, I don't even think he mentioned his time on the show at all. Really, yeah, he was, like he very much focused aftermath on what happened after and like where he is now. But he literally was like, "Thank you to the Bachelorette for my start." But I was like, "Did it really give you a start?" Because it doesn't really look <laughs> like it. <No. laughs> um, strange i was waiting for him to whip out lady gaga and start some shallow singing <laughs> oh i still haven't seen a star is born but me neither well actually no i tried watching it and i got bored and i stopped oh it's like you have to be in the mindset for yeah. it okay 
Um, so Wes is a Sagittarius. We have this quote here, you rebel against being a grown-up. Um, you procrastinate and let others deal with details. Emotions can be shallow. Commitments, almost non-existence. Um, you play all your cards on the table. And you can be irritable when you get bored. In And now, I don't know how much of this may be true, but... When he was, like, talking to Jillian, he was like, oh, well, I've only had a couple of relationships in my life. I feel like mm -hmm. that's all, like, not true. And it could literally just have been him, like, jumping around from person to person, which would echo that, like, uh, not wanting to commit kind of thing. I, I see him as that. And even in his post package, it kind of seemed like he jumped around to a lot. Of, like, he did music, and then he was in construction, but then he found Jesus, and... All this stuff. Just kind of seems yeah, like he's all over the place. Wes actually had some more time in Bachelor Nation after The Bachelorette. He appeared on Bachelor Pad Season 1, which we've talked about in the past. It was when men and women returned to the mansion to compete in challenges for a cash prize. He yeah. met former Bachelor contestant Gia on Bachelor Pad, and they dated a little bit after the show. So... I think you did get to see a bit of a softer side on that. Still, it's seeing his 2019 self compared to that. It's a little bit like, oh, okay, that didn't age well. Uh -oh. But also going along with that, I don't know if you've heard of this, but Gia actually committed suicide a few years ago. Wow. So I don't know if that has maybe affected his relationship with the show, if it's affected his mindset at all but yeah on for me Wes might be like the worst one on this list just because of the level of manipulation he mm. pulled off tbh true and then going along with what i said earlier there's different types of villains and yes. even if they don't fit the traditional mold of villain if you look at this it definitely fits in with the manipulation and i would say to a more obvious level, Luke P even kind of fits in this mold. Okay. Next, we have our first um, female villain, Courtney Robertson from season 16 of The Bachelor. This is Ben F season, and Courtney is a cancer. So, this was a bit of a weird one. Aside from Courtney, I kind of don't remember much of the season. There was no Bachelorette selected from this season, so that's another reason why I think it's kind of faded into obscurity apart from the Ben-Courtney drama. So, Courtney was a model, and Ben was drawn to her right away, but she was quickly suspected by the other women to not be there for the right reasons. And when the group was discussing Ben and finding connections with him. She kind of had this very casual, like, say la vie approach to connecting with him. Like, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, I'm here. I'm having a drink and I'm in this beautiful location. And the women didn't really appreciate that mindset, which I can understand. Um, I think in the beginning, that's kind of a good attitude to have. You know? It's yeah. like, okay, I'm here. There's tons of people. If it happens, it happens. But once you get down to... I don't know, maybe like eight people left. That's when it would start to get on my nerves. Yeah, that's true. 
Side note, Ben F. looks like Jason Schwartzman in any Wes Anderson movie. <laughs> Can I you can picture it? Yeah. 100%. I almost see him more as Jason Jason Schwartzman's brother in Princess Diaries. <laughs> Ooh, I love him. Michael. <laughs> oh. Okay. Um, yeah, I guess he's he's a happy medium. <laughs> <laughs> and another memorable moment from Courtney was when she invited Ben to go skinny dipping with her in Puerto Rico. It was a big deal, kind of teased all season. It was like the season's fence jump. It was the season's <laughs> windmill moment. Really? It was very big. <laughs> yeah. And then throughout the season, she frequently clashed with the other woman. Another contestant particularly bad-mouthed her and later apologized, but Courtney refused to accept the apology and said she wasn't there to make friends, which was later the title of her memoir about her bachelor experiences. Weird. And she also distracted Ben from a kiss with another woman by dancing around in a swimsuit. And her clashes with the other women definitely concerned Ben Obviously, if you hear that the person that you're interested in isn't getting along with the people that they're living with, that is a little jarring and that can affect your feelings for them. But Courtney didn't want him to question her intentions and confirmed that she was just there for him. And she did make it to the final two. But before that, she actually appeared at Women Tell All to kind of address the women's complaints about her. And this was a bachelorette first, you know, normally the final two don't show up at that taping. Right. So was it only her? Was the other finalist also there? No, it was only her. Wow. That's like yeah. in the hot seat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was like, I feel like she spun it. She spun this whole thing as, oh, the other girls are judging me because I'm a model and they have all these preconceived notions of what a model is. Yeah, I think she's very mm-hmm. forward and that can definitely rub people yes. the wrong way when you're getting to know them. Very true. Very true. And ultimately, Ben proposed to her, but they actually broke up a week before Valentine's Day as the show was airing and went for days without talking. Tabloids reported that Ben was cheating on Courtney, which he later denied. And by the time of after the final rose, they were trying to fix things and were still together. But they broke up for good in October 2012. And a statement that they released at the time said the ups and downs weighed heavily on us both and ultimately we started to grow apart because of the distance time apart and our need to focus on our respective careers what does ben do he ran a vineyard cool yeah whoa i see it now (laughs) just (laughs) the schwartzman in the vineyard yo that is cool (laughs) um interesting um Courtney is a cancer, and cancer's quote may appear gentle, kind, sympathetic. Then someone asks for advice, and you turn cranky, snappish, or appear indifferent. Cancers don't trust others or the universe or themselves, and they're possessive and almost psychic in intuitions. Um, Again, with Courtney, I feel like a more subdued version of Chad in the sense that it was her versus the world on her season. Mm, Yeah. Which I think she was okay with. Right. Like, did she get into any like specific 
fights with people? I mean, she did clash with the one girl, but I think it was never to the extreme of Chad. It was kind of like, I don't really want to be bothered with this. Exactly. You may remember Courtney from more recently because she actually had a relationship with Ari after both her season of The Bachelor and Ari's season of The Bachelorette. And she wrote about him in her book. And they were still friends up until Ari becoming The Bachelor. And he was even her landlord at the time. That is so weird. I feel like I learn something about Ari every month that is like, (laughs) you are so weird. So, wait, Courtney is the one that also had that interview you put in the playlist where she talked about, like, having sex with, like, Adrian Grenier. And I was like, oh, my God, who is this girl? That's her, right? Yeah, I think so. I don't remember that interview, actually. But Dude, you have to go watch <laughs> it. Like, think, Adrian Grenier. I think on um the show, on her first date with Ben, she also talked about how she had dated a celebrity so I think that was very much her lifestyle. Yeah. Like just kind of seeking these very, not seeking, but ending up in these high profile relationships. Courtney, what, what kind of villain would you peg Courtney as? I would probably peg her more as one who's just a victim of personality and maybe that personality not exactly fitting with the bachelor circumstances. Okay. Yeah, totally. And that kind of segues into our next villain, Olivia Caridi, from season 20 of The Bachelor. This is Ben Higgins, um, and she is an Aries. So going back to the beginning with Olivia, she started off strong in Ben's season, but she later stirred up controversy among the women, first for a comment about Teen Mom to Amanda Stanton, who is a contestant with young kids, and Olivia was kind of responding to a story. Amanda was telling us, oh, it's like an episode of Teen Mom that I watched, not intending it as an insult, but it was kind of edited that way to make it seem like Olivia was shaming Amanda for having her kids young. There was another incident when Ben told the women that he had just lost family friends in a sudden accident. Olivia took him aside, and it was edited to make it seem like she was addressing her body issues with Ben right after he told them about this loss. And Mm. she was just edited to seem like she just didn't get it, which I think to an extent she's admitted like, yeah, I didn't get it. I was naive about the process, but it was also edited as the women reacting very harshly to her comments without directly confronting her about it on screen. So it came across as kind of a blindsiding to her when she watched the show back and realized Mm. that this was what the women were thinking about her. And post-Bachelor, I have to say that I absolutely love Olivia. She's probably one of my favorite Bachelor Nation people. (laughs) She has a journalism background, and she worked as a local news anchor before going on the show. She has a podcast where she interviews reality stars. And because of her journalism background, she always focuses on great angles and knows how to run an interview. And on the Bachelor side, she always interviews very unexpected old school contestants, which I really appreciate. And she's also been very vocal about how horrible her Bachelor edit was and how horrible living out its aftermath was. And she's also made really valid points about how audiences react to male Bachelor villains versus female villains. With 
taking Chad as an example, male bachelor villains usually have some kind of physical threatening approach to something or they're just very emotionally manipulative or harsh and genuinely a little awful yet there are still fans who support them and side with them because they're attractive or because they assume like oh he can't actually be that bad whereas the female villains are usually just victims of poor editing or just not being able to click with anybody and they often get more harmful hate which Mm. just being an internet culture you can see how harshly female celebrities are often treated by followers yeah i guess um just watching all of these clips that you compiled of olivia really kind of made me realize the extent to which these shows are produced and like edited and i feel like it Mm -hmm. isn't something i always think about when i'm watching them and i do have these like really intense and like impulsive reactions towards people and i'm not gonna lie when i was watching the clips of olivia i was like this girl is really weird like why does Kristen like her and then i watched all the post stuff and i was like oh okay like you normal (laughs) (laughs) yeah and i would also recommend listening to some of her podcast interviews i believe she's written about dealing with the negative backlash from the show we can link that article as well and she's also said that she identifies as an introvert and that played a part in her reacting really poorly to the bachelor circumstances and i thought that was so interesting yeah speaking as an introvert i definitely relate being a bachelor contestant sounds horrible to me (laughs) astrologically olivia is an aries woman um, their most likable trait is courage. Um, Aries is a sign that symbolizes new beginnings. Oh, she is- has moved around a lot in the aftermath of the show. She couldn't go back to her reporting job after being a contestant because, again, what? the backlash poorly affected what? the people's perception of her. So it was Jeez. best for her to go elsewhere. She moved to New York right after the show. She's moved to Seattle. She's in Texas right now. And the Aries life is marked by arriving at a certain place and then being turned in a new direction. So I think that experience really inspired us kind of take her own path. And she's jumped around a lot, had new things. She has a real job, which is transformation. She works for Delta. She can also be very independent, which I think she's also spoken about. She's spoken about having not too much relationship experience and kind of finding her own as a single woman, which I appreciate. And the Aries can also come across as a spoiled brat, which I think maybe some of the women saw in some of her reactions in the house on The Bachelor. Hmm. Olivia. So, all in all, what I'm hearing from you is that Olivia isn't really a villain. Mm Mm-hmm. She's a constructed villain, a bachelor-constructed villain. Yes, that's the perfect way to phrase it. Wow. I'm shocked. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on to our next villain, who I can't stand, honestly. Like, his speaking (laughs) voice is just so annoying. This is Juan Pablo Galaviz, season 9 of The Bachelorette. That's Dessa's season. And then his own season of The Bachelor, 
Juan Pablo is a Leo. Uh, do you want to? So, how much did you know about Juan Pablo before watching these clips? I knew he had his own season of The Bachelor. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think I also knew that he was originally a contestant on The Bachelorette, and he. I knew he was like foreign and that he was just the worst that his bachelor season was bad. He like treated the women really poorly. Like, I think I just had this, I associate like um, the machismo attitude with Juan Pablo. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, feel I think like that's very much it. Spot on. Um, but yeah, yeah that's, so that's as what I know have... about our boy. Yeah. As a recap, Juan Pablo originally appeared on season 9 of The Bachelorette, where he didn't receive much of an edit. He received no one-on-one -on -one dates, didn't have much backstory, except he was a single dad who was also a former pro soccer player. He was eliminated in week 6, and he was picked as The Bachelor pretty much just for his good look, which I never really saw. No, I, don't I don't see really it see him that attractive. And as The Bachelor... He quickly became known for not expressing himself too well. The future bachelorette, Andy Dorfman, called him out after their fantasy suite date for only focusing on himself during the overnight. He later told runner-up Claire Crawley of Bachelor Winter Games fame, We Love Claire, that mm -hmm. he loved hooking up with her but didn't really share anything too serious otherwise. And this really didn't sit well with her, causing her to lash out at him when he rejected her at the proposal stage. And this is an epic Bachelor moment when she said that she wouldn't want her children to have a father like him. And as the Bachelor, Wong Pablo also caused controversy for comments he made about the possibility as gay men as the Bachelor, saying, quote, There's this thing about gay people that it seems to me, and I don't know if I'm mistaken or not, I have a lot of friends in that. They're more pervert in a sense. Hmm. What? And he was actually called out for this comment during Women Tell All because one of his contestants had a gay father. So she kind oh. of tried to call him out on that and tried to get him to clarify. He didn't really do that. Then there was another contestant in his season who is very much beloved and respected, Charlene, who is this very intellectual opportuner she's also oh <laughs> that was kind of defending him and saying like no i know that we've had conversations where he has come across as open-minded this was just a misunderstanding so it was very much a mixed bag as far as the women's reactions to him and ultimately at the end of his season he ended up with nikki but he didn't tell her that he loved her, and they dated instead of getting engaged. And at the After the Final Rose special, he still hadn't told her he loved her. They didn't last too long after that, and Juan Pablo is now married to a former Miss Earth Venezuela. <laughs> what, a, what a life, Juan Pablo. <laughs> um, yeah, that, I feel like in these clips I watched, they, were, they all really centered around the theme of Juan Pablo just not being able to express himself mm -hmm. but it's so different it's different his not being able to express himself compared to someone like Chris 
from this past season of Paradise, mm-hmm. or even Ari, who like you know, yeah. you know all the emotions are there, and you know it does come out of them just at moments we don't see, but that's not something I feel with Juan Pablo. And I think, like, again, the this just, like, machismo side of him, he would never, like, break down that wall to be, like, sensitive. And uh, what's the other word for it? And vulnerable, like, yeah. on TV. Probably not even in person. To a woman. Like, I, uh, he infuriates me. <laughs> yeah, and I think in the aftermath, the woman also debated whether it was a matter of English not being his first language, maybe it was just a cultural thing, but there was definitely a tonal difference that people picked up on with Juan Pablo's season, because no one really knew him beforehand, so it was like, Mm -hmm. oh yes, we have this hot Latin guy as the Bachelor, and then you saw his real personality on the show, and it was like, oh. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's, like, very much a cultural thing, like, Mm -hmm. especially because the whole premise of this show is, like, I have these 30 women who are here for me and I control every aspect of like how they interact with me and like who gets to be with me. And and I think like so much of it is like a mind game in that sense for like the bachelors and the bachelorettes, you know, but then adding on like Latin or Spanish, like, uh, what is the word for it? social construct it's like yeah yeah yeah. it's just like unreal like Mm -hmm. biggest ego boost you know and then i feel like he just like felt himself as so dominant and he could just treat them however he wanted and that's why when claire stood up to him at that like breakup i was like you go girl like how did you let it get this far but you go girl Yeah. (laughs) yeah Actually, that point reminds me of something that Catherine Lowe actually said when I spoke to her and Sean last year, that Sean as the bachelor is kind of like God in the situation. And he can basically say, jump and all the women will Uh jump. And she really credits him for kind of staying grounded during the experience and taking it so seriously and kind of committing to her from a certain point and not really putting up with any of the fuss that came along with it. Mm. And Juan Pablo as a Leo typically wants to enjoy the good life. He's not a good bargainer because as our book puts it, you want what you want when you want it. <laughs> Leos are eternal children and take pleasure from the moment. And fittingly with the bachelor versus bachelorette setting, they work better in groups than a solitary environment. Mm interesting um so you think he was better on the bachelorette not necessarily better just because we didn't get much screen time but i think he was just better in that setting with a bunch of men than with a bunch of women yeah (laughs) yeah i can see that and leos can also be lazy sit back and bask in their glory And some people dislike what they consider the Leo's king-size glory, and they question a Leo's sincerity. In um, the after show, when he was with, who did he choose at the end of his Bachelor season? Nikki? Nikki. Mm -hmm. What's her name? 
and there were all the other couples off to the side, that whole thing was like questioning his sincerity and his intentions with Nikki. And even Chris Harrison was like pressing him like, okay, so what are you doing now? How, how do you feel about Nikki? What, how do you define this like relationship you're in? And he just was not giving any answers at all. He's so flaky. Ew. It's just weird. Yeah. And I think, Oh yeah. I think you can definitely tell while watching this season that Chris Harrison visibly disliked Juan Pablo Mm. and he wasn't trying to hide it. Which is crazy. He's never like that. Yeah, I'm trying to think if there's a lead that he seems to dislike other than Juan Pablo. And I don't think there's anyone else. But yeah, Juan Pablo, I would say, is kind of like the Gaston of Bachelor Nation. And that he's the scariest Disney villain because he's the most realistic. KP. Mm Mm-hmm. Killing it. Very true. He is such a Gaston. Okay, and our final villain of this episode, a more recent villain, Corinne Olympios from season 21 of The Bachelor. That's Nick Vile season. And Corinne is a Scorpio. So Corinne is one of these villains, again, that I was, like, aware of. I didn't necessarily watch Nick's season. I may have, like, popped in for, like, an episode or two. So I, like, knew the people, and I knew what her deal was. 24-year-old, has a nanny that would, like, make her all these awesome snacks, works in a family business, um, just, like, very extra and spoiled. Corinne is one of the contestants that, uh, like, obviously people, like, don't take her seriously, and, like, I don't necessarily think she was there to, like, promote a brand or, like, herself or anything, but she ended up just, like, being one of these contestants that has like a brand associated with her, you know, Corinne to me is like, um, female Jordan. Mm. No. Yeah. I could see that. Catchphrases that you, that are general vibes Uh that are associated with them. And I think when Colton season started, people automatically took Demi as like Corinne Uh, 2.0, which she, Turned out it, to be much more. Demi was a lot deeper than Corinne ever was, but yeah, true. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I know like a couple of specific instances. Like I think I did watch the episode where like Corinne like tried to seduce Nick, or when like Corinne got mad at someone and she slept through a rose ceremony or a cocktail party and everyone was like super pissed off at her. She just like did a lot of little things like that. She was annoying. And these little antics also caused the other women to wonder if she was mature enough for Nick, who was 36 at the time. So kind of a more extreme Becca M and Ari situation. Becca M was never as what's even the word as <laughs> rambunctious mm. as Corinne was. Yes. Rambunctious. That's funny. And That's later funny. in the season, Corinne particularly clashed with Taylor Nolan, who thought she should be taken more seriously for her emotional intelligence. I believe they were actually the same age at this point. So Taylor was a licensed therapist, I believe at the time 
and <laughs> here's Corinne talking about her nanny and her family business. And the two women ended up on a two-on-one date together, and Corinne was picked over Taylor. I do remember that Corinne made it quite far, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, she made it to hometowns. She treated Nick to a shopping spree on her hometown. She and Nick- treated Nick? I believe so, yeah. That's so funny. <laughs> and Nick met the nanny on the hometown. Oh my god, I actually have to like go and see if there are YouTube clips of that because I would love to see that. Iconic. And, the nanny's iconic. Yeah. Um, I want to point out something really quick astrologically with Scorpios mm-hmm. that I found in our book that I thought was super cool. Uh, Scorpio is the sign of inheritance and legacies. Mm. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. The family business really did run in her veins. True. For that path. Mm-hmm. And I think Corinne falls into the type of villain where her personality doesn't necessarily clash with people, but she just kind of does her own thing and it's different, so she stands out for it. I agree. Um it, it was just a bunch of antics, I feel like that she did throughout the season and other people just like don't vibe with antics or they just weren't there for, for Corinne. Cause Corinne did have like a couple of friends on that season, right? Yeah. Rachel Lindsay was one of her friends. No Corinne way. was invited to the wedding. I don't think she was there, but she was invited. Corinne, what are you doing? Really? That is so yeah. interesting. I feel like Scorpio Taurus would be good friends though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so, Christina Shulman is also a Scorpio. It, yeah, She's friends yeah. with Rachel. Was C- Christina on that season? Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, she Dude. was. Wow. She had darker hair. So she kind of blends into the clips. I like her with the blonde highlights. Mm. Um, so we've talked about in the past with um, like Christina on paradise. We've talked about Scorpio being a sign that's known for its extremes Um, They operate on different levels and tend to have a hidden agenda or ulterior motives. Um, I think, again, Corinne and her antics really just were extremes for the season and for the women that were on that season. Like, she was just doing things no one would dream or think of doing. And that's why people were annoyed with her and pissed off at her. Um, Scorpio people evoke anger in others by their secretiveness and jealousy. Their sharp stinging tempers can also enrage others to the point of violence. Um, I feel like Corinne did kind of have this air of secretiveness um, in her relationship with Nick. Like, I feel like she was always pulling him aside and like, like when she tried to seduce him and all that stuff. Right? True. Yeah. And even just on a real world secretive level there was reports in the news that when she went on bachelor in paradise season four she was actually in a relationship at the time and just kind of went on for her brand typical i i could see it and then the whole demario corinne thing happened jeez what a throwback so yes that is corinne And that wraps up episode nine of It's All in the Roses, our focus on Bachelor villains. 
This episode will be out on October 17th, and then our next episode for the month will be out on Halloween, October 31st. So as we did for this episode, please send us in any ideas you may have for topics we should cover on our next episode. We're in spooky season, so we'd love another fun, spooky topic if you can think of one. And we'll see you guys on Halloween. Halloween.